What is up, beautiful people, and welcome back to a new episode of the Connect podcast. This is the platform that explores stories of purposeful life lived across and in between cultures and celebrating our common existence and humanity. I am your host, Kali, and every single week I'll come on here to speak to you guys about some life things or sit down with a guest to speak about things like identity, culture, lifestyle, and purpose. On this week's episode, we are talking about self-care, but rather some philosophies behind it as I take you guys through a little bit of history. We're going to be talking about the times that you've heard you need to take care of yourself first before you take care of others, that you need to be able to draw boundaries and prioritize yourself. I am diving deep into some things that I've applied to my life, away from the trends and fads. Not that they don't play a part, trust me, we all need to relax and live a soft life, as all of the cool kids say, but I think it's really important for us to look into some philosophies and some history and understand that looking within and knowing ourselves better can really have a transformative power in our lives. So I hope that you guys enjoy this episode and learn a bit about taking care of your inner self a bit better. If we type self-care into Google or Instagram, we're getting billions of search results. Everything from mental health issues to aesthetically pleasing to-do lists filled with bubble baths and masks. Treat yourself is alive and well. I have to say I do see the point of people taking a step back from a busy day or week and just doing something relaxing. God knows that the past couple of weeks for myself has been um, manic. (laughs) But I wonder if this hundreds of billion dollar industry has in a way hijacked a very natural mechanism that we should all be paying so much more attention to. It took me a while to really understand what boundaries were growing up. I come from a family structure and a culture where you're always there for one another. It's a community and it's honestly all that I've ever known. That is my normal. Now, what I began realizing in my late teens, early 20s, was that there was this feeling creeping up on me that I couldn't really articulate until years later, which was resentment. Putting other people's expectations, their needs, approval over ourselves and saying yes to things and later regretting it. Does that sound familiar to anyone? The foundation of self-care is very much rooted in mindfulness. To be fully aware of what you are feeling throughout a day, what your needs are, how the interactions you have with people influence you, and sometimes prioritizing our own needs is seen as selfish. But I think it's nowhere close to that. Self-care isn't self-interest. The more we are able to fill up our cup, the more there is to give without depleting ourselves. Taking care of ourselves is the one thing that can dramatically improve the quality of our well-being and our contributions to every aspect of our lives. When we focus on ourselves, we're thinking about who we can be at our best, um, what we deserve, what we want for ourselves, and we begin to view people separately from 
labels and achievements, but just as human beings. Now, there are two people who I think have been great historical figures when it comes to self-care, and or I'm just biased, but one is Greek philosopher Socrates, and the other is superwoman Audre Lorde. I just want to explore what these two individuals' philosophy on self-care was and how they're actually linked and we can learn a lot from how they viewed it and, you know, integrate that into our lives. Now, Socrates was a Greek philosopher and seen as the father of Western philosophy. Plato was his student. And the only way that we really know of Socrates' teachings, since he didn't physically write anything down, is through Plato's dialogues, which he wrote down. Socrates believed that philosophy has to achieve practical results for the greater well-being of society, and that the first step to realizing this would be the acquisition of wisdom through knowing oneself. This was very much tied to his idea of the soul. Now, of course, his understanding of the soul may have been very different from how people view the soul today, but what is believed by philosophers of more recent years is that Socrates saw the soul as being the intellectual and moral personality of human beings, that the soul is the essence of the human person. It's the very essence of us to think and will. So the self and the soul in his teachings was used very interchangeably. And this is what he believed was what helped us know or act in a right way or a wrong way, sort of like a moral compass. And that our self, our soul, is the truest part of us. So he believed that when we turn inward in search of knowledge, we will eventually discover our true selves. And when I actually first learned about this part of his teachings, that is, I was really, really um, surprised because it's something that I've written about in the past. It's something that I've spoken about in the past. And that is that for us to really understand ourselves and to lead a life that is fulfilled, we really need to know who we are. And that starts by looking inward before we focus on the world at large. So going back to Socrates' teachings, since the self and the soul are the essence of us, um, they make up our personality. And Socrates encouraged people to take care of their souls through decisive and conscious action. We, we have to be intentional, guys. And his ultimate goal was for people to attain a good life. And we can only do this by looking within and dedicating a considerable amount of attention, energy, resources, time in order to get to a place where we're taking care of ourselves. Now, the second part of this is that he believed that the unexamined life is not worth living. Socrates was a man that asked a lot of questions in order to get to truth. And he believed that the most important task that any of us can undertake is to find the knowledge necessary to live our best lives. And that 
can only be done by examining our lives, looking within and knowing our true selves. And our true selves are not in what we own. It's not in our social status or our reputation or what we look like. Our true selves are the state of our souls. And this ultimately determines the quality of our life. Now, the reason that I find Socrates really, really interesting is that he was this man who didn't come from much, and he would advise young people of Athens who wanted to get into high office um, to work on themselves before they did that. He was a thorn in the side of the elderly elites, to say the least, because he would always ask all these questions. He's always interrogating things um, and interrogating people's beliefs and thoughts. And many people at the time believed that he was a terrible influence on the up-and-coming generation, young people. And he was later put on trial for his life on what is thought to be a trumped-up charge for not believing in the Athenian gods. But truly, it was really to just get him to shut up. And according to Plato, during his trial, Socrates read this speech, Dear friend, you are an Athenian, citizen of the greatest city, more famous than any other for its knowledge and might. Yet, are you not ashamed for devoting all your care to increasing your wealth, reputation and honours, while not caring for or even considering your reason, truth and constant improvement of your soul? And this quote, especially that last part, sounds so familiar to the world that we're living in. Like, that could have been spoken in today's world. Because between the material gains and the work perceptions of what life should be on social media, all the way to our modern self-care industry, because it is an industry and it is commercial, people got margins to meet, we're really stuck in this cycle of focusing on everything exterior and not having the time to actually focus on what's going on within and who we really are. So many philosophers, starting with Plato, followed in Socrates' footsteps on the path to enlightenment. Now, the concept of self-care really did die out in the Dark Ages, um, but then slowly began to reappear in the 17th century at the beginning of modern philosophy with the French philosopher René Descartes, with his famous saying, I think, therefore I am. But it really didn't gain as much traction until another French philosopher in the 1980s began really embodying Socrates' self-care philosophy. And this man was called Michel Foucault. And his primary focus was exploring power and how people came to have it and the lengths that people would go to keep it. And he began questioning society the way Socrates did, and he rubbed people the wrong way. But he famously said, to know the truth, we must make an effort. We must not seek to deceive our world. You should pay heed to yourself. Apply your mind to yourself. Be aware of your qualities. And in this way, you will be able to participate in political life. Now, when you think about it, we pay so much attention and analyze everything else. Like, some people pay so much more attention into the work that they're posting online in comparison to what they're feeling today and why they're feeling the way that the way that they're feeling, right? And although a lot of his teachings didn't actually take on um, 
as well as he would have wished, in the later part of the 1980s, these teachings were actually taken up and furthered um, by the self-proclaimed black lesbian mother, warrior, poet, Audre Lorde, um, who spent her life confronting and addressing injustices. She wrote in A Burst of Light, caring for myself is not self-indulgence, it is self-preservation, and that is an act of political warfare. That is a very famous quote that so many people use so many times, especially black people all around the world use this quote because this is a lot of our lives. We live in a world where we are hyper aware of the injustices around the world and the ones that we face are constantly being fed back to us. The thing with trauma and stress is that it can alter every part of our lives all the way down to our genetics. Many a times we can be left with a what's the point attitude when the going gets almost impossible. But what's really important about Audrey Lord's take on self-care is that she understood that one cannot be part of the good fight, the resistance, without ensuring that they are taking care of themselves as well. This woman was both an activist in the time before 240 characters, and she was battling cancer. And she believed that we can fight for what is right while still living a full life, that we don't need to sacrifice the best parts of our lives just because we have a purpose to fight injustices or we have a purpose that isn't the easiest to accomplish. If you've listened to earlier episodes of this season, you'll come to see a pattern of duality in what I speak about or what I have conversations about, where we can find the good in the bad, joy in the grief, the moments for self in the fight for the world. We need to look within ourselves first in order to move forward in life. I had to examine in my dreams as well as in my immune function tests the devastating effects of overextension. Overextending myself is not stretching myself. I had to accept how difficult it is to monitor the difference. Now this is the first part to the quote that I had mentioned earlier by Audrey. Self-care offers us elasticity to grow, mold, to create space for ourselves and others. We are more intentional when we stretch rather than overextend and snap. And in a time of hustle culture, boss babes and never-ending positivity, I think it's more important than ever to focus on the following. Knowing yourself, taking the time and energy to get to know yourself. Understanding your limits to stretch, basically your boundaries, being more present and intentional in your decisions, not running from the tough stuff, but interrogating yourself. This, at its core, is what I believe self-care to be. That doesn't mean that enjoying your face mask, putting on those candles, having a playlist going aren't good things for your mind as well because we all need to know how to relax too, but that there is a bigger picture when it comes to self-care. Um, and these are two people whose philosophies I've sort of brought together and I apply to my life. Um, and I hope that this episode has been something that has been a little bit more enlightening for you and can maybe help you get through a hump if you're feeling 
down, if you're feeling worn out, maybe it's just a time to take a step back and reevaluate and see what is working and what isn't. But most importantly, what the truest part of yourself needs from you right now. So yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. I'll speak to you guys again next Wednesday. I hope that you guys have a wonderful week. Bye.